0: You’re listening to The Economist Asks, I'm Ann McElvoy, and this week we’re asking, can President Biden revive bipartisanship in America? In some ways, Joe Biden’s inauguration ran to the same script as most previous ones. He took the oath of office on the steps of the Capitol and made his way to the White House. But this new beginning in American politics was taking place just two weeks after supporters of President Trump stormed the Senate. As a result, security has been especially tight. A relatively small number of people were invited to greet the new presidency and they sat on socially distanced chairs, all wearing face coverings. Well, one of those invited to greet the new dawn of Joe Biden in the White House was Cindy McCain. As the widow of Republican Senator John McCain, she was one of the best-known Republicans endorsing Joe Biden before the election. Cindy McCain was introduced to her late husband by Jill Biden, the new First Lady. Today, she's a member of the Biden-Harris Transition Advisory Council, a group that helped plan the transfer of power from a Trump administration reluctant to leave office to the Biden one. Cindy McCain, welcome to The
1: Economist Asks. Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: You were one of the lucky few there at President Joe Biden's inauguration. What was the standout
1: moment for you? Well, you know, really two moments. Number one, of course, the inauguration of Joe Biden, the absolute meaning of what it was all about. It actually brought tears to my eyes because I view this as a new beginning, a new time for the United States of America, and certainly something that's going to now be an inclusive government and one that believes in its people and not a government that's for its own personal profit or own personal gain. So uh, for me, it, it stood for many things. And of course, the second one was the inauguration of our, our first female uh, in the vice president seat, obviously. I mean, it, Kamala Harris will make a, an amazing vice president. And of course, is, is that's also a new beginning for the United States, having a female in that position. Finally, <laughs> finally, yeah, it took a took a while. What was
0: the atmosphere
1: like? of some of the
0: shots that we were seeing here, obviously they were somewhat limited in terms of what a sense that you could get in terms of camera angles. But Bernie Sanders and his mittens—were <laughs> you nearby? <laughs> I,
1: I was. Uh, I was below where Bernie was was seated, but uh, the group where I was at were all the bunch of former senators. And and some, some the joint chiefs were behind us and stuff and it was although we were spaced socially spaced we had it was very joyous it was everyone was taking selfies and. And re- renewing old friendships, and also, uh, you know, d- g- so glad to be there I- again in this new beginning. When he was inaugurated, I was sitting behind one of my very best friends, Senator Heidi Heitkamp, and Heidi turned around, and I tur- I-, I stepped forward to her out of my chair, and we both hugged like crazy right as he finished. So, um, it's it's something that it was a, it was a party atmosphere. It was something that was that made all of us. Uh, reminded all of us about what is great about America. Two weeks ago, uh, the, our capital was under siege, and two, two weeks later, here we are—a peaceful transfer of power, and and a new beginning for the United States. President Biden made
0: that inauguration speech standing on the same soil as the riots two weeks ago that, that you referenced. That was the sixth of January. It was sort of Written now into the the history of the Senate and American yes. politics. Yes, you you still sound you sound moved by that.
1: Yes, because I mean I uh, I was out in Arizona and like everyone else, I was glued to the television set. I could not believe what was happening, and I could not believe not only what was happening, but the disrespect towards the bodies and the, meaning the bodies of the Senate and the House, and the disrespect for the actual, the actual chambers themselves. I mean, I looked down with t- and watched with tears in my eyes, people uh, mistreating the desks and, and the items that were in the desk and talking about the members of the Senate, like somehow they were comedic players. Uh, it's, this is not comedy and, and what they did was illegal and it was wrong and it was instigated by the, uh, by the former president. And so, I, as you can see, democracy works. Democracy worked for us. Uh, it, yes, democracy can be flawed, but it, in our case, it worked. We are going to w- work together as a government in a bipartisan fashion because that's what Joe Joe Biden believes in and works works for. And
0: that's our overall question today: of how possible that will be. Now, of your fellow. Republicans, You're still a member of the Republican Party, yes? I am. Mm-hmm. I am. Well, by a, a margin, a small margin, but still a margin, 45 to 43% of them respectively said that they supported the actions of those pro-Trump extremists. Uh, this was from a YouGov survey reported in The Economist, so a, a reliable
1: source. What does it tell you? Well, I, th- I think it tells me that, that a lot of uh, that our party as a whole has lost its way. Uh, we were the party. I, you know, I was. I'm old enough to have been a member of the party when Ronald Reagan was president, and we, at that particular point in time, we were the party of inclusion. We were the party of new beginnings. We were the party of working together, and we've lost our way. Uh, we have not only have we lost our way, but we have have lost what we really stand for and what we we believed in for many many years. Uh, but that has a great deal to do to, uh, you, with the actions at the top. So I believe now that the, I know mean, there's many, many people now that want to see a different kind of Republican Party, um, and I believe we, this party may split. I don't know what's going to happen with it, but I I know that we can't move forward in the fashion that we be, that these people behaved in on January sixth.
0: And so, just to be clear, you think that is a credible option that the Republican Party, the GOP, could split into two effectively
1: a Trump wing, and a beyond Trump wing? Personally, yes, I do. It, it was an abomination. We're abhorrent in what we saw. But more importantly, we don't, that's not who we are. Something's going to give within our Republican Party to hopefully bring it back to where we were in the centre and, and the party of new, new beliefs and new beginnings.
0: And are you seeing the kind of leadership material out there that you would be interested in to lead such a, post-Trump
1: Republican Party I hope so. I mean, at this particular point, today in my time, I don't see it, but i'm I'm also a big believer in what is what is right about America. And there's always good people bubble up to the top and and take hold of the mantle and and make sure that they lead us into to the future. I'm not
0: sure you have absolute predictive power, but what would the kind of individual be like? Uh, you, you know, you throw a few names out
1: there. It's only a few of us listening. Oh, I don't have any names. I just know that there's some good young people within our party that, that are, are strong believers in what we, what we should stand for. And more importantly, disagree completely with what happened on January 6th. And it's time that we have our voice as well. So that
0: day might, act, might actually be the launchpad for a new GOP.
1: Right. We, we, I know they're out there and I know there's some great new people.
0: I spoke to your late husband in April 2017. Mm. Um, Senator McCain gave, yes, indeed. I mean, I I look back on it very fondly and, of course, with great sadness, like many people who knew him and loved a good old political tussle because he he was up for that, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes,
1: he was. He loved a good political tussle. (laughs) Yes, you'd
0: think you'd got on his wrong side
1: and his team would go, no, 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 he's just, it's fine. He's always up. No, he's just, he's, he's, he, 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 John McCain was a person who, uh, he, he believed what he believed, and he lived what he believed, and uh, he would fight like cats and dogs with, with the opposition on the, on the floor of the Senate, but, but it was never personal. They would walk off the floor, uh, grasp arms, have dinner together, grab a drink together, whatever it may be. That's what true leadership is about. It's not personal. And so that's the difference in, in the John McCain's and the Ted Kennedy's of the world as to, as opposed to what some of the people that we have right now that are in the Senate and the House.
0: And one of the things that, that he said to us, we were talking between key votes in the Senate. He said to me this, uh, partisanship is at an all time high. And he conceded, obviously, Americans are not very happy with business as it's conducted here in our nation's capital. Now, doesn't that encapsulate the challenge here also for President Biden? Four decades in public office, he's a man of the system. He understands the system. That's also how bipartisanship works. But he does now lead a country whose basic beliefs
1: seem to be that the system is broken and hasn't been working for them. And I believe that I believe because the partisanship is and and was certainly at an all time high, as my husband said, we also now have a president that is willing to step across the aisle, work together, uh, talk it out, figure out what 's best for the country, not what 's best for the party and move forward. And and Joe Biden's the perfect person for this because all of us have seen him in action. We know what he can do. We know what he's capable of. He's already called a meeting of the leadership of both parties to come to the White House and begin talking about these issues, things that face the country. I mean, we're like like uh, our folks in the UK, we're swamped with coronavirus. We have to get this under control and and make sure that we have a plan. And uh, that's our I know that that's his first and foremost uh, item that he needs to get to. And but he's willing he is willing to and needs to and is going to bring the leadership together so that we can work together for the good of the country.
0: Obviously, coronavirus and those um, stronger anti-COVID messages uh, and steps have been very clearly laid out. It was pretty pretty busy first day for the new president, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he signed a, a, a yeah. It was <laughs> <laughs> that, that executive really order was, pen was Must have been running out of, uh, <laughs> of ink. Uh, please, please remind him he's going to need to keep that ink well drawn up. But one of those that really. Uh, gave me some pause for thought i suppose was immigration he's preserved protections for dreamers uh, so called in the obama era uh, policy there he reversed the muslim ban he revoked the order that directed harsh and extreme uh, immigration enforcement measures and crucially stopped the border wall construction so we may never really see that promised wall. My question is whether it was wise to make immigration-related executive orders, which are a divisive issue, so strongly part of, uh, uh, of his, his first push as a presidency and could it consolidate anti-immigration
1: Trump-based support? Well, first of all, he did what he said he was going to do when he was campaigning for president, and of course, in the in the transition period, these were all items that he talked uh, talked about and said that he was going to to tackle it within his first uh, first. First moments in office. Um, as far as the immigration issue goes, uh, I'm th- those of us that live in the Southwest that live on the border are very familiar with what took place and what is taking place now. And we have to we have to not only get a handle on what's going on, but but there is some there's the human value in all of this. The separation of the families, the 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 refugee camps that are now stationed at the southern border, uh, people being held uh, it, without. Proper medical care, proper food, etc. and they can't go back. And now you also hear about the 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 the, the uh, movements of people back towards the border again. We have to have an immigration process that works. We are the you know we're the country of of, of immigrants. That's what built our nation and with, 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 a, with no immigration doesn't make any sense. Uh, so it, there has to be a good plan in place, a way to handle it, a way to, to hear each case as it comes in, and more importantly, keep our families together uh, I, you know, those of us who are just, I, I, I'm still in disbelief that that took place and that we can't find some of these families. We can't find the children and the parents. So uh, there's so much at the, at stake right now in and, and the human value who's taken a huge toll with within the what, it, what occurred in the previous administration. Well, that is, is, I think, beyond question. It's what follows from it and what is the
0: politically most prudent and effective course, isn't it? So do you think that President Biden and Chuck Schumer, the Democratic Party leader in the Senate, should be pushing a path to citizenship for undocumented migrants?
1: Yes, I, I, and my husband believed in that as well. There has to be a path to citizenship. There has to be a way that we can, can, uh, can process people that are here illegally, and more importantly, process their value. Uh, these, these, many of these people were fleeing harm and war and, and the, the destruction that's going on in their own country. So they're here because they're afraid. No one willingly leaves their country unless they're desperate. And, and that's in so many cases, that's exactly what occurred. As, as you mentioned, the border wall, um, uh, it was always rather curious to me with regards to the border wall that we could even build it. There are portions of Arizona that that would be absolutely impossible to build a wall on the Southern border. It's just too rugged and too, too, too mountainous and all the things that we talked about. So I'm grateful that the border wall has, has, has been halted uh, and that we can figure out other ways to help to help not just process the border, but but make sure that these people themselves that do make it across are are at least processed in an orderly manner. But is it not the case that something's can be done by uh, executive fiat? And as you say,
0: changing uh, that regime at the border is one of, of those things which would would be merciful. Uh, but it is more difficult to come up with a kind of balance of legislation what we call immigration in the American context tends to mean those who've already got to to the United States and what their status should be. Can you really see Joe Biden risking a big push for that in Congress? And some people might say it risks
1: creating big backlash and that he might well not succeed. Well, I do know that he will uh, talk to people on the other side of the aisle. I mean, there has to be compromise in this uh, from both parties. There has to be some way to compromise and figure out the best method to 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 process and handle the people that are already here. There must be a path to citizenship, as my husband said many many times before. Uh, these are human beings. Uh, I'm I'm personally am very grateful that he he handled the DACA issue within an executive order. Uh, these these their children that came across with their parents, so it, so it, we all know the story behind it. But uh, immigration is a tough issue; it's a very divisive issue in our country. It's not something that that the previous administration um, generated because it was already happening here. But what the previous administration did was gin it up in the wrong direction. Uh, it was they they made it a political issue when it's a human issue, and and that therein lies the difference. I, I deal in the in the human trafficking. Trafficking arena and uh, the trafficking that's going on and has gone on in the past is—it's—it's it's abhorrent with with what's happened. Yeah, especially to our women and children. So uh, so with the Biden administration, I think there's going to be great detail uh, with regards to that issue as well. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah,
0: and I know how much commitment you put into that issue. I think we first, uh, first met at an event in, in London when you were, <laughs> yeah. you were it, see, on your, your roadshow to international right. <laughs> capitals. I shouldn't make light of it, but I got the feeling that
1: uh, that this is something that still motivates you very much. It's something that the Institute, the McCain Institute, uh, deals with in, in a in a manner. We have a pro- prosecutors consortium, and things we're working on making sure that we process and and handle the, uh, the traffickers. We they need to be jailed, et cetera. I, I know that's a whole other issue, but I'm very proud of what the McCain Institute is doing, especially on this particular issue. I really am.
0: You've talked about bipartisanship, about reaching across the aisle. You've uh, remembered your late husband in that context and and you look forward perhaps to being able to to invent it. But what does that mean then with the way that Donald Trump personally and his family uh, are to be handled after his time in office? And could the impeachment push, an imminent impeachment trial, even curb plans to focus on that creation of unity?
1: Well, I, I do know that they're looking at processing the, the impeachment issue very quickly. Everything I've heard, of course, on the news and I've read, that will be seen. I think that we need to rely on our senators and our congressmen for this. Uh, those who are were part of the actual insurrection that occurred and w- was generated by this, this past administration is something that we can't, this can never happen again. And so, the, as the impeachment moves forward, um, uh, I think you know the Congress will make that decision as to how we'll handle not only the, the former president but his family. Well, what's
0: your own instinct on on the balance then between justice, but also a sense of reckoning and, for some, even revenge taking uh, on Donald Trump and his family? And how far, you know, could that could that get out of control from the, the perspective of a new Democrat in the White House?
1: Well, I, you know there's checks and balances in the Congress and I believe in the checks and balances that 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 we hold both in the Senate and the House. Um, certainly, there is going to be an impeachment. He was impeached in the House, and now, whether or not he's convicted on the Senate side, um, there there are reasons. this is not this should not never be about emotions or some kind of beef you have with that particular person, but it's about the actions that were taken and the 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 results of those actions. That, and we all saw what happened. With that, so I uh, I I believe in what the Senate's going to do, and however the process is taken, I know enough people in there are discouraged with what occurred that that um, I you know this is something that they believe they need to do, and, and as an American, I do too.
0: And you do you feel that there's a, a sense of perhaps of focusing on Donald Trump? What would you do? And I, the impeachment is very separate, but there's a whole threatened raft we've been writing about it this week of legal possible legal consequences for uh, Donald Trump, but also for his family. And I wondered if you felt easy about that, as someone who knows how families, say the Trump family is, is part of his politics and part of his business, but uh, how carefully should you tread there?
1: Well, I, there, as far as his family goes, they were not elected. And that, that particular issue and the issues that maybe the government has with them will certainly be processed through through our court system as it should be. Uh, I don't know, I'm not one that knows, I'm not an insider with any of that. I mean, what I know and what I saw is what occurred on January 6th. And for, for senators to be held or congressmen to be held in a secret room and a place to be safe and people barricaded in offices, uh, it, it was it was an abo- it was abominable. So uh, there are reasons for why the Senate's going to take the actions that they do, and I believe in that. I believe in the process and the system, as did my husband. And we will see what occurs.
0: And do you, how do you feel about your your own Arizona? GOP criticizing you I think they're proposing to censure you for your support of Joe Biden. <laughs> it seems to cause some mirth.
1: I find it comical. Uh, I really do. In fact, we've talked about having t-shirts made. So, uh, listen, I'm a Republican. I did what I thought was the right thing for my country. I'm very proud of what I did and and I have absolutely I look back and I know I know I did the right thing. Uh, as far as the Arizona GOP, they'll do what they do, and and my life will go and, on. And, and you'll have the T-shirt. You might tell us what slogan's going to be on it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Americans are great with T-shirts. So,
0: but isn't that uh, that's a you could say that's a very small uh, part of the the picture? It's important, obviously, in your home state, but it is a party racked by infighting. And yet you said you won't leave the Republican Party, if I'm still reading you correctly. But when you saw that violence in the Senate, when you saw members of your party rioting in the heart of, of the Capitol and of American democracy, and those images going around the world, did the
1: thought cross your mind, I need to get out of this party? Never, it's never crossed my mind. Um, I guess, sure, have I been frustrated? Yes, sure, have I, have I had moments where I thought, I can't believe what I'm seeing, What what the heck is going on? Uh, who are these people? You know, they're not my—they're not my Republicans, which—which uh, which makes it even more important that those of us who are law-abiding citizens and and do not believe in the kind of chaos that took place, uh, make sure that our party, our party, finds its way again and finds the center of where we belong, and and I believe there's enough people out there that are going to do do just that. So you're sticking with it. I am. I am. And what do you think? I mean, you've
0: raised a very interesting thought that the party, a disruptive thought, but possibly a necessary one that the party will split. Do you think we will have an option of another President Trump, if not himself, and maybe uh, one of his children?
1: Well, I, I don't know as far as, it depends certainly on what the, what the Senate does with the, with the impeachment process as to whether or not he can, will have the ability to run again. You know, it's, four years is a long time politically. And a lot can happen in those four years, so it's one thing to say it now, and it's one thing to do it four years from now.
0: That's, what, um, it's that's just, for sure. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's the half life of a politician is it's very short. So, um, uh, it I, I, you know, do, let's we need to give this time and, and watch the Senate process and 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 work our way through this and get back to work also. And speaking of back to work, the, the Times of London re- reported you as a front runner to
0: become ambassador. This, this great nation on the side of the Atlantic. Uh, I'm speaking to you from London today. I've also met you here a couple of times, which makes me think you don't mind yes, being here have. despite the
1: weather. Uh, <laughs> is this a runner? Uh, you know, something I will serve if, if President Biden should ask me to serve in any capacity, I would be honored and grateful to do so. Uh, we'll see, I've, ha- I've had nothing said to me and, and I look, I just look forward to being a part of, of this new beginning and a part in any way I can and be helpful. I did not do this, I did not endorse Joe Biden for anything other than I wanted a better government and I wanted a new beginning for our country. Uh, that's why I did this, I did it for my country.
0: And theoretically doing it from London wouldn't be too shabby.
1: <laughs> we'll see what happens.
0: I've <laughs> uh, you know, quite got you to commit on that one, but you're not ruling it <laughs> out, it seems to my <laughs> semi-trained ear. Um, you wrote a piece for us uh, last October, a uh, die invitation piece in our series, and you said our institutions are strong. Is America looking strong now after everything we've seen in that very fraught and contested election. And we really cannot leave aside that many, many people, a very large number of Americans did not want to let go of Donald Trump
1: or what he stood for. Now we have, as we all saw yesterday, a new president and uh, I think we're going to see a, 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 the world. As you saw, there was an outpouring from the world yesterday, from the world community, because they want the United States of America to stay strong and and be the, the beacon of hope that we've always been. And so, so it's uh, I, I, in my opinion, I think that with with President Biden, we're going to see just that. Uh, a, a world that is is uh, hopefully better, and hopefully, hopefully, the United States that stands up to the thugs in the world and not not kowtow to them, and and most importantly, be be the, the nation of of hope and 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 honor that we've always been. Uh, I believe in that. I believe Joe Biden can reconstitute that for us, and also help us. Uh, remind the world that you know, even though it, our democracy is flawed, it's still the best we've got, and we're and we are strong as ever.
0: Very, very brief last last thought. It's a demanding job. Nobody knows that better th- than you, um, alongside your husband, through some of the rather grueling moments of, of the last elections that that have been held in America. Joe Biden's not a spring
1: chicken. Has he got the energy for it? Oh, absolutely. Does he have the energy? He reminds me of my husband. I mean, uh, I, if John were still alive today, he'd be out running the reporters that were chasing him for a comment, as you have done. <laughs> he, he, uh, Joe Biden absolutely has the energy and the and the 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 thought and the and the willingness and the, the creativity to do to do the the great things that we need to need to have done. I'm very I'm I'm he's a wonderful, wonderful man there, a wonderful family. As you know we shared uh, a few things in common that we're having two sons in combat at the same time while we were both running for president. We've we've shared we've shared a great deal, obviously the loss for both families have suffered. Uh, so I, I find my compassionate, caring, character-driven president is someone that will be a remarkable leader for all of us.
0: Cindy McCain, thank you very
1: much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
0: And we'd love to know what you think. Can Joe Biden reinvigorate partisanship in a divided America? And should the Republican Party now consider splitting as Cindy McCain suggests. Your thoughts on that inauguration after the turmoil at the Senate, very welcome. We do read all of your notes to us. We learn rather a lot from them. So write to us, radio at or you can tweet us at Economist Radio as always. For more on American politics in depth, make sure you listen to our Checks and Balance podcast on your podcast app. And there's a special offer for listeners on a subscription. Go to economist.com slash podcast offer. The link is in the show notes. I'm Anne McElvoy, and in London, this is The Economist.